This is Who's Your Ag Today's morning podcast. Welcome. It's Monday, the 12th of December, 2022. I'm Andy Eubank, and the Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. The latest Indiana farm news coming up, including high school precision ag students who will be presenting at this week's Indiana Farm Expo at Grand Park starts tomorrow and climate change in the next farm bill. We have those stories, a look at the Indiana farm forecast, a mix of conditions during the coming week, Ryan Martin with details, and mixed markets on Friday. We'll wrap it all up with Brian Basting analysis on the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. And it's always like clean oil because most of my stuff leaks. (laughs) To agriculture. We go from the cute and cuddly phase to the not so cute and cuddly phase. You can cuddle with them at 290 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably against your will, I'm guessing. And, well, other things. He calls them all variable costs. That's bull. (laughs) They're not variable costs. (laughs) I think you meant to say that's fertilizer. Right. Staying on topic. Listen now on all platforms. Precision Ag Training for High Schoolers and Climate Change in the Farm Bill. I'm Eric Pfeiffer and this is Hoosier Ag Today News, brought to you by the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo. It begins tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. at Grand Park in Westfield. Free admission, free parking. We hope to see you there. The Wabash River Career and Technical Education District has two programs that are teaching precision ag skills to high school students and They'll be a part of a couple of seminars, free seminars, at the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo tomorrow and Thursday. Elise Koning has the story. Bailey Crowder, agriculture teacher at Seeger Memorial High School, instructs juniors and seniors in a half-day course. We hit everything from soil health, um, basic agronomy skills, crop identification, and then taking that a step further with the technology that's used today. Micah Humphreys, career and technical education teacher with Precision Agriculture at Riverton Park High School, says the students receive more than just high school credits. With this class, students can take the exam that qualifies them to be able to fly drones commercially, and all of this is done through IV tests. My students are also able to get some college credits at the same time. Crowders and Humphreys students will be presenting at this year's Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo. So we have a small robot that almost anyone could build that monitors the moisture levels in the soil of a house plant. So it would tell you, basically send you a notification on your phone when your plant needs watered. And then we have another system that we use here at Seager called the FarmBot, which is a autonomous garden. You know, it does all the garden actions by itself, planting seeds, checking for weeds, watering. Those are the two topics that we're going to be presenting on. Humphrey says it's a great chance to hear from youth in agriculture. I think it's always it's great to see that uh, our young people are interested in agriculture and that they're learning new skill sets. And then also, you know, just to expand on some knowledge on this is a little bit of a different take on technology that you might be able to use at home. We're looking more small scale at what 
is capable with a, maybe a garden or something like that, but it could also be applied to larger scales as well. You can catch them on the seminar stage December 13th at 11 a.m. and December 15th at 9.30 a.m. I'm Elise Koning. The issue of climate change in the next farm bill is already causing temperatures to rise in the nation's capital. The way Indiana native and former USDA Deputy Secretary Chuck Connor sees it. I believe that this farm bill that we're debating in 2023 will need to be able to carry a label as the most climate-friendly bill that we have ever passed in the Congress in terms of agriculture. However, incoming House Ag Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson sees it a bit differently. We don't need a climate change title in the farm bill. And I'll be honest with you, what we need to do is give credit to the American ranchers, farmers, foresters for what they do. You know, for too long, there's been a bullseye right on the back of all these uh, these families that work so hard to provide us food and fiber. This says climate criminal. But if there's anything farm leaders agree on, it's conservation incentives, not dictates. We'll continue to follow the Farm Bill progress as it goes through the new Congress. The Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo opening tomorrow morning. If you get there early, beginning at 8.30 a.m., breakfast is on us. Actually, it's not on us. I'm not going to take credit. It's on the Indiana Corn Marketing Council and Indiana Soybean Alliance. They'll be there with presentations, and breakfast is included for the first 150 that show up. Also, free breakfast Wednesday morning with unbridled wealth. And we hope to see you there at the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, beginning at 8.30 a.m. for the free breakfast. 9 a.m. is when the doors open to the show. It's at Grand Park in Westfield. More info at indianafarmexpo.com. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Have you ever considered a career in agriculture? There are dozens of agribusinesses that have opportunities to work in this exciting field. These are high-paying positions with on-the-job training and advancement. On December 15th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Grand Park in Westfield, Indiana, these companies will be on hand for the Indiana Ag Career Fair. Come talk with these organizations. Then walk the show floor of the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo and experience the world of agribusiness. December 15th at Grand Park in Westfield. More details at indianafarmexpo.com. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Starting off the week on a dry-ish note, look, we had plenty of cloud cover and on again, off again, spits and sprinkles and misty fog over the weekend, but for today and tomorrow, I think we see a little bit more of a dry out here. Winds are still a little bit on the cooler side for today, but tomorrow's strong south flow should break clouds up early on, and then clouds increase late tomorrow afternoon. This is ahead of a frontal complex that are going to be coming in here out of the Great Plains. Rain shows up overnight Tuesday night, continues through Wednesday. Right now I'm looking for that uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday piece of precipitation to be anywhere from a quarter to one full inch. Then we try and get some dry slot activity overnight Wednesday night Thursday but not before another round of moisture comes through likely a quarter to three quarters of an inch for Wednesday night through Thursday midday then we get the blast of cold air with an exceptionally dry round of air coming in behind temperatures falling off dramatically for Thursday afternoon Friday Saturday and even Sunday I think we're going to be dealing with plenty of cold air rotating down from the north remember we have some moisture coming around the back side of low pressure to our north what I think it creates is an opportunity for some on again off again light snow and flurries and nothing substantial nothing problematic honestly i think the best potential light snow activity is going to be farther north in michigan 
but we'll keep an eye out. Once we get into the tail end of the weekend, we start to see better dry air potential overall. And then moving into the following week, it just doesn't seem like we're seeing a whole lot of potential for activity. High pressure settling in over the northern plains. So that tells me that week of the 19th is going to be drier as cold Canadian high pressure is going to dominate. But let's reiterate the cold part of that. Temperatures that week of the 19th, I feel well below normal. That's a look at your forecast. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day -day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. Mixed markets on USDA Report Day Friday. This is Hoosier Act today in the Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. The review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct, the Eastern Corn Belt's fastest-growing independent seed company. SeedGeneticsDirect.com for pricing and more information. Only corn futures went higher through much of the trading day and by the close, but both corn and soy futures were very close to flat on the day. Numbers on the way. First market analysis. Brian Basting joined me for that late in Trade Friday. Brian with Advanced Trading. Brian, we can easily look at post-report markets, compare that to what was happening pre-report. Not much change. Would that suggest... Not a whole lot of excitement coming from USDA in their monthly update. That's a pretty good summary, Andy. We're looking at a market that uh, did see a reduction in the U.S. corn exports compared to last month. Uh, USDA did reduce the U.S. corn export forecast by 75 million bushels. Uh, that takes the carryout up a like amount, Andy, to 1.257 billion bushels. was 1182 last month. Um, USDA did note, though, importantly, that the export forecast for Ukraine for corn exports was increased by 2 million tons compared to last month. So that renewal of the export corridor through March, um, and again, that's a highly fluid situation, as your listeners know, but assuming that that does remain intact, that Ukraine is going to be a very strong competitor. Not as strong as last year. Last year they shipped about 27 million tons. Of, of corn this year, they're forecast to, to export 17.5, but as your listeners know, you're also looking at extreme competition from Brazil. Brazil is shipping corn to China as we speak and will continue to ship corn to China moving into early 23. So the corn side, uh, Andy, in our opinion, has, has a room to uh, further declines in that corn export forecast and the potential in the line of potential for further increases in that carryout. So I'd encourage your listeners, in my opinion, Andy, to be very cautious and defend their balance sheets, look at opportunities for 2023 production. Uh, it's not too early to think about that. Uh, on the wheat side, um, beg your pardon, on the soybean side, no change in southern hemisphere soybean production. They just they waited, if you will, uh, for let the weather play out here in December. Um, and the next report will be January 12th, and we do expect to see strong possibility of some changes in that report on January 12th. But this report, no changes, and no changes in the U.S. Uh, soybean balance sheet. Uh, so carryout still projected at 220 million bushels, which is what it was, of course, in November. 
Last year, the final carryout was 274. So the bean market's being underpinned, Andy, by the uncertainty about weather in South America. We're looking at a hot, dry pattern in Argentina, but a near-ideal pattern in most of Brazil. So um, I'd remind your listeners of one thing, Andy. If you add up all of the production estimates today from South America, Brazil, and Argentina primarily, but include Paraguay, which had a big drought last year, production has increased substantially, still forecast increase substantially from last year, particularly with that Brazilian crop, a record Brazilian crop. Now, it's not in the bin, but I just remind your listeners on this weather rally to look at this, in my opinion, could be a nice opportunity, uh, not only look at 2022 production, but in my opinion, look at 2023, uh, let $14 in November beans for next year. So uh, weather markets is in play at the moment particularly for Argentina, but uh, as your listeners know, anybody who's watched the markets for, for any period of time, weather markets can be very fickle. So uh, the only other thing I'd add, Andy, is the um, the wheat market is um, uh, weaker. It's searching for demand at this point. We just, we're just we in a, an environment worldwide, USDA today, did lower the Argentina production estimate and lowered their exports, but that was more than offset by increases in exports from Australia, European Union, Russia and Ukraine. So we are in a fierce competitive export environment worldwide, and that's shown in this wheat market continuing to slide lower here. Andy, I think the wheat market's best bet for finding demand is in the feed market at the moment uh, because it's just um, too strong a competition, even with a smaller crop in Argentina. So I do think there's a possibility we could feed more wheat next summer. I think we're looking at larger acreage. Uh, I think your listeners did plant more wheat here in eastern Midwest, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, than a year ago, stretch that up into Ontario, and even in the southeast. But I think we could feed more wheat, but that probably won't be till the summer of 23. And when you talk about searching for demand in wheat, obviously demand anytime is good in corn, beans, and wheat. What about our pricing right now? Is it competitive? Certainly is not in wheat. Summary for each crop would be, you hit the nail on the head in wheat, we are not competitive. Um, we are the residual supplier at the moment of wheat in the world. That is when all, everybody else runs out of wheat, and we will be the supplier or in some cases for a spot uh, cargo of wheat here and there. For corn, um, we are not competitive with Brazil at the moment. They are shipping corn, aggressive amounts of corn, particularly to China. Eventually, they're going to run out of, of corn and, and moving into this early part of 23. There's some signs that maybe we we're turning the corner on corn for a brief period of time anyway. Um, uh, but again, uh, the uh, Ukraine, <clears throat> excuse me, Ukraine increase, uh, 2 million tons is still going to be a factor. For beans, we are competitive for the near term. We lose our competitiveness drastically when you get into January, February, and especially into February and March, assuming that, that the Brazil harvests that record crop. We are not competitive uh, moving beyond about the 1st of February. So with the 30 to 45 day window, we are selling. We had a major sale this morning, Andy, of soybeans yesterday, I beg your pardon, on Thursday, to um, China and unknown destinations. So we are seeing some demand there and supporting the market. But um, uh, all things being equal, we will not be competitive in beans much longer. And uh, corn, uh, yeah, we, we, we've got a window there on corn, but we're so far behind on shipments and sales for this first um, quarter of the crop year, Andy, that we got a long way to make up, and I think USDA acknowledged that today by by slicing that corn exports. So um, remind your listeners, Andy, that high prices do cure high prices as such, and what we're seeing now is that the world competition is fierce at the moment. Uh, more acreage planted in Argentina, more acreage planted in Brazil. Um, the export corridor is intact at the moment, 
and from the Black Sea. And so, um, you know, these prices, not only for 22, Andy, but 23, uh, historically very attractive. Just remind your listeners, in my opinion, it's something to be looking at here, particularly with the balance sheets as strong as they are for, for your listeners as we approach the end of the calendar. And post-USDA report on Friday, probably right back into a, the trading range we've been in? Yeah, I think for corn and beans, Andy, I think that's a great point. If middle of December, it's a weather market. There's no other way to say it. It's South America, almost everything. We'll keep an eye on the export corridor and, of course, world developments, macro developments, strength of the dollar, so on and so forth. Uh, Fed's meeting here. Uh, December, I believe it's the uh, 14th, 13th and 14th. We'll keep an eye on interest rates. All those things factor in. But uh, it's a weather market now, particularly for, for soybeans. And uh, uh, as you get into the next two weeks of December and first two weeks of January, very important to see what uh, what materializes, if that Brazilian crop is confirmed and if the Argentina weather and or if that uh, Argentina weather deteriorates, could see some more volatility. But Again, just one more note on that combined soybean production in South America still is forecast to be well above record levels if these numbers play out, even with a little bit of a smaller crop in Argentina. So, But I think short-term trade, yes, and, and wheat feels feels heavy, uh, just trying to find demand uh, as we end this last few weeks of, of December. Brian Basting, economist at Advanced Trading, call 309-664-2314. Friday settlements up just a bit in corn, and that was it for the grains and oil seeds. And March corn was up just a penny and a half, 644, a penny higher on the May contract, 645 and a quarter. January beans settle down two and a half cents, 1483 and three quarters. March contract, 1488 and a quarter, two cents lower, and double digit loss. In the wheat market, Chicago March wheat, 734 and a quarter, 12 cents lower. Over in livestock, it was mixed. February live cattle, 155.55, up $1.62. 70 cents lower, February lean hogs, 84 even. I'm Andy Eubank, and that is the Friday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.